So that's Harry. According to Meg, he mostly stayed in his room with his many computers and his jars of fermented kimchi. Alice goes into the kitchen and returns with a cup of coffee for me, which she announces is free-range and fair-trade and shade-farmed in Malawi, and I nod along as if my coffee needs go beyond hot and caffeinated. I sit on the couch watching the cats take playful swipes at each other's faces. One of Repeat's ears gets stuck inside out. I flick it straight for him and he mules. It's the most helpless sound. And like it or not, there's no way I can take these guys to a shelter, no kill or otherwise. After I drink my coffee, I take my phone out onto the porch where someone has set up a bunch of empty beer bottles in bowling pin formation. I call Trisha. It's only 10.30, but miraculously, she answers. How's the big city? She asks. Big? I reply. Look, how do you feel about me bringing home a pair of kittens? How do you feel about living someplace else? It would be temporary, until I find them a good home. Forget it, Cody. I raised you for 18 years. I'm not taking on any more helpless creatures. There are many things I resent about that sentiment. Not the least is the implication that I'm a helpless creature that she's coddled for years. I'd say I raised myself, but that would be unfair to the Garcias. When I got strep throat, it was Sue who noticed the gook on my tonsils and took me to the pediatrician for antibiotics. When I got my period, it was Sue who bought me pads. Trisha had just waved to the tampons in the medicine cabinet for when the time comes, not seeming to understand how terrifying the thought of inserting anything supersize absorbency might be to a 12-year-old. As for the 50 hours of driving practice I needed to get my driver's license, Trisha logged all of three of them. Joe did the remaining 47, spending countless Sunday afternoons in the car with me and Meg. I might be here a few more days, I say. Can you cover me at Ms. Mason's on Monday? There's 40 bucks in it for you. Sure. Trisha jumps at the money. She doesn't ask me why I'm delayed or when I'll be home. I call the Garcias next. It's a little trickier with them because if I mention the kittens, they'll offer to take them in. Even though the way Samson is around cats, it would be a disaster. I tell Sue I need a day or two longer to tie up a few of Meg's loose ends. She sounds relieved, doesn't ask any more questions, just tells me to take as much time as I need. I'm about to hang up. Then she says, And Cody? I hate those encodies. It's like a gun being cocked, like they're about to tell me they know everything. Yeah? There's a long pause on the phone. My heart starts to pound. Thank you, is all Sue says. Inside, I ask Alice about the best way to find homes for the kittens. Good homes. You could put an ad on Craigslist, but I heard sometimes those animals wind up in research labs. Not helpful. Well, we could put up flyers. Everyone likes pictures of kittens. I sigh. Fine. How should we do that? Easiest to take a picture of the cats, 
Maybe email it to yourself, add some text, and print them out, she begins. It might be simpler to use Meg's laptop. It has a built-in camera. The $1,800 computer her parents got her when she left for college. They're still paying off the credit card bill for that. I go up to her room and find the computer in one of the boxes. I turn it on. It's password protected, but I put in Runtmeyer, and her desktop pops up. I bring the computer downstairs while Alice poses the cats together, which is harder than you'd think, and I understand where the expression herding kittens comes from. Finally, I snap a picture.